The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bunker Mania. We are officially in episode one. This is Bunkerzilla UK's official wrestling-based discussion podcast. I am Jeremy Graves, and I am going to be joined right now and always by, let's say, he is the Paul London, if I am Brian Kendrick in terms of tag teams. He is the intrepid traveler, Mr. Ian Bolton. Ian, how are you doing? I'm doing lovely. Thank you very much for that lovely introduction. Um, I'm not as probably spry as Paul London. Um, I can't really do a flip. Uh, I could try. It might end badly for me, not for ever, not for anyone else. Just, just me in general. Really. Mm. But, but um, no, I'm doing very, very well. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's a, uh, it's been a flipping busy few weeks in the world of wrestling since we last recorded. Well, since we recorded episode zero, where we had yeah. a good old chinwag about a variety of stuff. But a lot has happened in wrestling. <laughs> a lot. A lot has happened in wrestling. Everything is wrestling. Everything. It, it's an ever, it's an ever moving, ever changing world of wrestling that we live in. Indeed. <laughs> and we should say from the outset, folks, we are recording this on Thursday, the 1st of July. So if by the time you're hearing this, other stuff has happened, which knowing the way wrestling works is exactly what will happen. Then uh, <laughs> so be it. That's just how it goes. But if you want to check out more about Bunkerzilla, make sure you head to Bunkerzilla UK on a variety of social media platforms, be it Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Look everywhere. Just search Bunkerzilla UK. You will find it. And of course, you can find all of the details at one conveniently placed website at bunkerzilla.co.uk. But there will be more information about that and how you can support Bunkerzilla a bit later in the show. But Ian, we have got a lot to talk about today. And in no particular order, we're going to be covering the happenings in NXT the past few weeks, including yep. the recent takeover and the fallout from that. We've got the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view from WWE specifically, and now the build-up to Money in the Bank to discuss too. Mm -hmm. We've also got AEW Dynamites. I say Dynamites plural because there have literally been two shows in the past four days in the time of recording this. And <laughs> who knows what else we're going to be talking about as well. No doubt we'll be touching on a few news notes, including WWE returning to the UK in September. Because I'm sure we both got a few, a few thoughts and feelings on that. So yeah. we shall get yeah. to that in due course. But Ian, to completely change up what I told you we were going to talk about, first of all, <laughs> let's talk about AEW, or okay. Elite Wrestling, because at the time we're recording this, it, it, Dynamite occurred last night, this being the last Wednesday night's Dynamite happening in Jacksonville at the Daily's Place venue in Jacksonville. That's where they have been pretty much throughout the entire pandemic, sans a series of shows that they recorded in Atlanta, Georgia. Last night was the quote-unquote farewell to what I'm phrasing as the pandemic era for AEW. Mm -hmm. And it was quite a memorable show, including following the Saturday Night Dynamite a few days ago, as I mentioned, which was headlined by Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. So first of all, Ian, just to get gauge some overall thoughts on AEW from your perspective and these shows, however much of them you watched, mm. where are you when it comes to AEW, be it as a fan or just a wrestling fan in general? Where are you at? Um, as a as a wrestling viewer, uh, I don't watch a lot of AEW at the moment, and that's simply because there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, in terms of, yes, I watch, there's certain stuff for WWE I will watch without fail, like NXT, 
or SmackDown. Uh, I avoid Raw, um, but I always still keep up to date. It's it's not like I, I choose to ignore it. It's just like I will always still watch the YouTube clips that pop up there. And if there are really good matches, I will go out of my way to really sort of sit down and watch. And most of the time with the with the pay-per-views as well, I'll end up I'll end up ordering them and I will be watching them like the Monday morning after the pay-per-view has gone. Um, so I, I do try to keep up to date where I can. Um, but obviously the last two shows, there have been some big, big things happening. Um, the Jungle Boy Omega match, was superb. It was great. So good. So and, good. Yeah, and they and they really they really make you think Jungle Boy is going to take that title, but nope, nope, nope. Omega's still the belt collector at the moment. But how things are now starting to progress, it's like they're 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 sort of long term storytelling of of Hangman Adam Page against Omega is finally coming into like full view now, yeah. and it's and it's very exciting and. Uh, and I can't, and I, and I'm sensing possibly all out for that match. Possibly. I think that's a fair assumption. I think it's a very fair assumption. And I should actually say as well to everybody listening, or if you're watching the video version of this, that we're going on the basis of discussion here, that, that you listening and watching this are up to date on where mm. things are currently at with things in general. We're not going to do like a giant backstory to get to this point unless it's needed in terms of discussion just to help put some context in there. But yeah, I think that's actually a very good place to start the Adam Page stuff as well as the Jungle Boy Kenny Omega match because that match was excellent. It was exactly what I was hoping it was going to be. And Kenny Omega is easily one of my favorite wrestlers around right now. Just the whole heel demeanor of him. And he's still Mm. flipping great in the ring. But it's also the fact that in terms of being like the belt collector, as you phrased it, it's something you don't really see nowadays in in it. Well, I was going to say in wrestling, mainly because of a pandemic, but also just Mm. in the context of WWE as a comparison. I can't think off the top of my head of last time someone was a belt collector or had like multiple titles at the same time. The, the only one that springs to mind is maybe the, the stuff between Sasha and Bailey when they were yeah. respective women's champions and tag team champions, but there weren't necessarily any more belts they could go after unless they were going to go after an NXT title as well as probably the only way it could have happened. I mean, yeah, but I mean it's just, it's such yeah. a unique dynamic him holding all of those belts. The one thing which I think is a bit of a chink in the armor of the whole belt collector thing, which I haven't seen many people talk about, but in fairness, I don't blame AEW for it whatsoever, is that Omega is the champion of multiple promotions, Mm. yet they don't actually ever really acknowledge it on AEW. He just comes out with belts. I think this week on Dynamite, as in the one from last night that aired at the time of recording, when they did the segment with Dark Order and Kenny saying there was no one else challenging him, and that's when the Adam Page seed was planted. That's the first time he has actively said, I think, on AEW programming, you can watch me defend belts elsewhere. Mm. Like they've made reference to the fact he has defended a belt, but never actually said, you can see me elsewhere. But they still haven't actually necessarily named the promotions. They're very good <laughs> about kind of avoiding that and fair play to them in fairness. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that's the one chink in the armor of the belt collector thing. But it is such a cool thing when Omega mm. comes out for the match and you literally see him look like, the, the, the 21st century equivalent of Ultimo Dragon from like 1997 when he had like eight or nine titles just draped all over him. Well, that might have been great Sasuke actually. It was one or the other. It still looks impressive. Just Google it. It looks incredible. Yes. Um, yeah, in terms of, yeah, like you were saying about not acknowledging other companies, it's it's very weird, but maybe that's an agreement that AEW have been able to have with Impact 
and uh, I think AAA as well. Maybe they've been able to have this sort of agreement of, we're not going to technically reference you. We might show you belts, but we're not going to technically reference you. I mean, from the point of view, view of Impact, I mean, they've they've recently had Against All Odds, which they had the Impact title being defended at Daily's Place or Daily's Palace. I apologise if I've got whichever one I think one it's Daily's Place of Memory serves, but in fairness, Daily's Palace sounds awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically where AEW has been for the last You could say year. in Jacksonville, but for argument's sake, let's just say Jacksonville. <laughs> okay. In Jacksonville, where AEW is mostly filmed right now until last night's episode. Um, yeah, they, they had the match there, uh, Omega, Moose, but then we have Sammy Callahan coming in and getting involved, and now Callahan has a title opportunity at Slammiversary, which will probably be on Impact Grounds, so probably at the Impact Studios and that sort of stuff. So I think from the other promotions side of things, I guess I guess it's been beneficial to sort of like the smaller promotions because it gets eyes on their product because Kenny Omega appears on those programs from time to time. I mean, um, other than that, not many other sort of major crossovers have really happened with Impact in particular. Obviously, we've had the Good Brothers sort of coming over to AEW now and then. And a Don few Callis. Other, yeah, well, Don Callis, who's now technically, well, he's officially in terms of a backstage capacity, he's not with a, well, he's not with Impact anymore. Yeah, he is in now, real life, let's just call in, it like yeah, it is. <laughs> in real life, in real life. But now technically, he's he's technically AEW talent. So yeah, so obviously Don Callis is now more of an AEW talent being Kenny Omega's manager. Um, and then, yeah, the last, obviously there was that little period that little period for AEW where it was like the forbidden door had been opened. The door, it's been opened. Other companies are talking to other companies. What madness is this? And all this sort of stuff. And yeah, bits have happened, but not necessarily to like the the promised land uh, ideals. I think some people imagined that would be happening. Um, I mean, in a pandemic, it can only go so far. Though. Yeah. I mean, the, the ones that spring to mind are, like you mentioned the Forbidden Door, like the New Japan stuff has been happening. Like there has been, well, I'll phrase it this way. There has been, there has at least been two acknowledgements of John Moxley defending the title. One on AEW against Yuji Nagata, which was great. And then mm. they were promoting the Kenta match for, eight, for AEW Strong, uh, for New Japan Strong. And then mm. I guess in fairness, thinking back, I'm pretty sure... In hindsight, Omega defended his AAA title against Ray Phoenix. Yes, I want to say did. it was. And that was a freaking great match as well. So I know I said they haven't really acknowledged it much, but I guess there is an ele- element of me that in a perfect world, I would like to see them just keep listing off things. Mm. It's like Kenny Omega's entrance. Like the, when Ring announcer Justin Roberts introduces him, a random thing that, that, that happened during the pandemic when he was ta- tag teaming with Adam Page was they kept mentioning like he was hailing. So, like I think Adam Page was like from North Carolina mm-hmm. and they tried to make Omega match it slightly. So they might say residing, you know, 3,424 miles from North Carolina. <laughs> like, and they somehow figured out a way of doing that. And it's like a little random acknowledgement that's, I guess like an in-joke if you've been following and you notice it, but mm. it's just an element of me that kind of wishes is maybe part of that. They would just list all the titles that he holds even just very quickly or anecdotally, it's just like, he is the Impact Wrestling World Champion, the TNA World Champion, the AAA Super Mega Weight Heavyweight Champion, whatever that belt is called because it's freaking great. And the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, you know, just just list them. That's what I would like to see happen. But again, it's never going to be a perfect world, but at the moment with what AEW has crafted, it's freaking great in that sense. Yes. And, and, And hopefully with AEW going back on the road and obviously things starting to properly open up now, which is nice to see, 
maybe there's going to be more collaboration between the promotions, which will hopefully be a big win for wrestling fans. We'll have to see. But um, no, in general, with, with AEW, Dynamite, especially the last two episodes, a lot of things have been going going down, going on. Really good quality wrestling. Nice to see the fans there as well. And um, yeah, all capped off with a really, really sort of touching and, and sort of emotional video of the whole, like the last year at, at, at in Jacksonville, really. It, do you know what that 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 I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up in a few minutes, but mm. that video genuinely had me in tears. Mm. And I put this on my own personal Twitter a short time ago before we recorded as well, but I'll say it here and perhaps provide a bit more context. That mm. in general, since AEW started, I've watched it every week and it's been a genuine highlight. I haven't necessarily watched a lot of wrestling the past few years, but I, you mm. know, I've kept up, watched things. But AEW was the thing where I went right. That's the thing I'm going to watch each week. I want to support it and see where it goes. And I was still watching a load of New Japan until a while ago. And you're checking out WWE here and there as well. But AEW was like, that's my that's my one constant that I'm going to have. And then the pandemic happened and it's still, it still somehow carried on. Mm. And I was a little bit skeptical at first of thinking, oh, should this really be happening? You know, pandemic and whatnot. But to their credit, they did it above board from what you mm-hmm. can see. And they still managed to develop and make me really enjoy it and care. And I got really, really heavily invested in it. And especially, you know, yeah, not to go too deep here and dark, but, you know, we've all had some pretty low points over the last year and a bit. We just yeah. have. It just, it happens mm-hmm. at random times, be it for long periods of time or short times. And even when I've been at my lowest, AEW has been a genuine highlight for me every week and something I've really looked forward to. Mm. And that video just encapsulated, no, this this is the better way to phrase it. It didn't, it's not that I haven't, it's not that I forgot why I loved watching AEW every week, but it reinforced why I love watching AEW every week. Just Mm. seeing all those moments, just so many random things just coming back to me and then it ultimately ending with fans being there. It's just, oh, flipping heck, like just Mm. got me. Like I think it was one of those moments that just got me, started bawling my eyes out. And it was just that moment of, this really feels like this is the end of a chapter. Yeah. It's like, if you imagine almost like, I guess you could compare it to maybe something like in the MC, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or maybe a comic book just in general or heck, just books or you know other TV series. But there is always a clear moment when like a story arc or a chapter ends and you've got that clear bookend. And then the next thing that happens is it's the start of the next chapter and you've mm-hmm. got to lay the groundwork. And that video felt very much like this is the end of AEW's pandemic era. That was like a mm. clear, a very clear end point. And in some ways, I would even argue at this point, if you want to check out AEW, not necessarily, you know, you could say check out this show because I would do because I'm a fan of it, but you could literally say tune in next week because in theory now, that's like episode one of the new season. Mm. And it's almost Pretty like much. a good jumping on point, I guess is one way to put it. It's kind of like, it's a nice way to look at it. It's like it's like a mini reset. So basically, if you want to yeah. come in, if you want to come in and start watching AEW now, this is a good point to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it reminds me. This is the, this is like the strangest segue into television, but it reminds me of season two of Alias, where I think they have one particular. Mo- I think it was an episode they broadcast on the Super Bowl, and it was kind of I think it was like called Phase One or something like that. And basically, it just reset a lot of things so basically it's like 
not watched this show before, that's all right. We're just about to knock it all down. Come along, it'll be fun. <laughs> just the world's biggest retcon. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's like it's kind of like these things did happen about about a couple of episodes ago, but that's all right. That's fine. That's fine. We're just gonna we're just gonna follow uh, Jennifer Garner. She does some spy stuff, and uh, we'll meet some characters. Some of you you already know. Some of you don't. That's all right. That's all right. We'll explain. We'll explain as we go along, and then we're all on the same page, and we can go off for the next couple of seasons. How's that hmm. sound? I mean, yeah, it is, it is literally like that. And that, that, that isn't another great example of just how that feels to me with that video. I think the interesting thing that's going to be, I'll rephrase this. Okay. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how WWE celebrate the end of the Thunderdome era. Because obviously WWE makes some really good videos, but it's kind of like, I think a lot of it really pales in comparison to what AEW have been able to do over the last 12 months in particular. I mean, don't get me wrong, WWE have had some really good highly spots. Um, I think Bailey has thrived in in the Thunderdome era. Yeah. Obviously, we've had the rise of McIntyre. Um, we've had the the complete revelation that is Roman Reigns' bastard heel completely. But sometimes it's not always been the complete package. And as as a fan who does watch a lot of WWE I can t- I can sit here and I can look into this camera right now and tell you the last twelve months have not been always fun. Mm-hmm. They have they they have probably probably I'd say six times out of ten, maybe seven times out of ten, it's not been fun. Yeah. <laughs> but there have been very small moments, very small moments that you can grab onto and enjoy. And as we are now moving towards Money in the Bank and stuff like that, things do seem a little bit more interesting. But again, Con- but. But again, I don't think the I don't think I don't think WWE have been on the same level as AEW when it comes to storytelling and in terms of being able to book its stars. And and I'm I'm not I'm not ashamed to say that to be perfectly honest. Um, I mean, it, put it this way: ultimately, we're fans, mm. and if you're someone who watches all the shows regularly, because mm. like, look, I can I can go anecdotally from what you're saying and what other people say elsewhere online, but from what I've seen it doesn't feel like it's been the greatest. I'm not seeing a yeah. lot, but from what I've seen, I can tell, for, probably forgiving the, the choice of phrasing here, that quite frankly, it's nowhere near on par from where it could have been. Yes. But at the same time, being in a virtual arena probably provides more interesting challenges because you're technically playing to the crowd, but you're not. Mm. You're still you know, trying to play to the crowd at home. And that's why from an AEW point of view, it's... We're sort of going on a few tangents here, but I think it's all relevant. But yeah. it's like it's like from AEW's point of view, they brought they had like the wrestlers, the extras who were there, if you will, to be an audience, mm. and that at least made it feel like a wrestling show. Whereas you know WWE could have done something similar, they chose not to. And do you know what? No. Fair play to them for wanting to still be unique and do what they do. There might be some other reasons behind that. Maybe don't want to copy other people. But besides the point, yeah. They, they figured out a way of making it unique to themselves. And you could just argue they have at moments thrived in that. Some people, like you've mentioned, have thrived. But overall, the entire product perhaps has not. No. But obviously as well, there's, another, there's also like a demographic point of view as well to think about. There's, mm. there's so many variables, but sort of now having lost track of my train of thought I was going with here. But at the end of the day, no one's ever had to do this before. So regardless, ultimately, of whether the shows were good or not, like, there are people I've... You know, I see comments of people who just do not like AEW. And it's like, that's fine. Don't have to watch it. But they're trying. 
And I, for one, really freaking like AEW, really like it. Whereas from what I've seen with WWE, it's not, it's not for me like I'm done watching it, mm. like level of television, but it's very much, there's too much of it. I'm going to pick and choose what I want to watch. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at with it. And, uh, but at the same time, I love the production that WWE still puts into it. And you were talking about video packages and what WWE make. That was where we were going with yeah. this. Indeed, Their yes. video packages are always, always so damn good. And I want to say, from what I've read anecdotally, it's Jeremy Borash, formerly of TNA, who is a big hand in that. And he's such a, he's got such a great mind. I've had the opportunity to speak to him a few times and he's just such a great guy and has got such a good, keen eye for lots of mm. video production stuff. Their video packages are always on fire, quite frankly, in a good way. Yeah. And can probably elevate what has happened on television to an entirely new degree. But obviously then when you watch something then happen, if it doesn't match up to it, then it, it kind of have perhaps has a reverse effect. So everyone's yeah. got to handle what they handle in their own way. Mm-hmm. And whether you like it or don't, you can't fault both companies and any other wrestling promotion for that matter, having to try and run shows during this pandemic era for mm-hmm. at least trying to do what they've done as successfully as possible. And when yep. it comes to WWE and how they're going to react with fans now, this was the other point I think we were getting to. Mm. And I know we've gone on all sorts of tangents here, but it's yeah. all relevant. So let's just go with it. But okay. it's almost like now when it comes to building up to money in the bank and the fact, which I'm sure we're going to get onto when we talk about Hell in a Cell later, that they're actually promoting matches for a show that's happening in like three weeks. It's almost like they've got to sell tickets to it. Mm. Whereas when you don't have to do that, <laughs> you could argue do you have to try as hard or are you just, you know, in a holding pattern until you are going to move away? And you were saying, you know, mm. how's the Thunderdome era going to be remembered compared to AEW's era, pandemic era in Jacksonville? Mm. If Hell in a Cell's anything to go by, that's how you're remembering the Thunderdome era. Mm. I think, I think, um, yeah, there was a, there was a story uh, a couple of, a, a week or two back. I, I apologize I apologize. I don't know where the story came from. Um, but um, the gem, there was a general story that was making the rounds that was saying that WWE know to a degree that their product has been stale for some time. And yeah, yeah. I think ever, ever since probably mania this year, I think we've all seen it. <laughs> we've all, we've all kind of felt the staleness a little bit. Um, and yeah, so I hope, well, yeah, they, they obviously got their first big pay-per-view show coming up less than, less than probably 15 days now. And yeah, the actual first televised show with fans in the building is actually SmackDown just a few days before Money in the Bank. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So they really have to try and get fans back. And obviously, I've and with certain things recently, like releases, some some releases that are absolutely mind-boggling to even put your head around to begin with. Um, the, the the clear the clear one there being as the black after you spent weeks of trying to bring him back in and filming vignettes and having a bit a bit in the ring, it's like oh no bye bye, what? <laughs> it's just yeah. like it's like I know people will probably still end up watching WWE, but I think for I think sometimes for the for the core the real diehard fans the ones that will stick with them through thick or thin sometimes I, I think sometimes these releases may have a bit of a adverse effect. And it's like when we were talking about in the vote in the in the previous episode about chanting and obviously the audience sort of obviously making their voices heard. I it's like part of me thinks they're going to make their voices very well heard when those fans come back in. And whoever brought back the um, what chant, by the way, it's over a decade old. Grow up. 
<laughs> it's not a good chant. <laughs> we were talking about that last episode as well. I know, but like, but literally someone did it. I think it might've been on the Saturday Dynamite. And it's just like, mm. why? But you know what? That's, that's a topic for another day. Sorry, continue. Topic for another thing. But, um, but yeah, it's kind of like there's, it's going to be fascinating to see WWE with fans again. Um, obviously we got a little taste of that at Mania, but I don't think it was necessarily a kind of, kind of, this is how the fans currently see us, or this is how the fans currently enjoy us. I think for most people, it was, hooray, a wrestling show that we can go to outside. Let's all celebrate. I think that was more of a, that was more of a good feeling more than anything. Um, but no, I think, I think the, I think the, I think, hang on, I'm trying to find the right words. How, are the, how are the fans going to react? Yeah. That's the key detail, because is it going to be a Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 situation where the fans are effectively overrunning the show and taking Mm. over that they're going to have to respond in the way that they want to, just to be able to carry on with the show. I mean, what was it? It was years ago at this point, but there was a segment I remember on WWE TV with John Cena and Vicky Guerrero, where literally the fans would not let Vicky speak. Mm. And that was a moment where I think in the end, John Cena actually said, guys, seriously, let her speak. <laughs> there was a point, and like it's happened as well, like, you know, with fans like booing Roman out the building. I think it was the night mm. after WrestleMania when the fans were just basically yeah. chanting, like, but I can't, can't remember exactly what it was, but it was the it Daniel was, Bryan thing as well. Like, are they going to force WWE to have to go with what they want or are they actually going to let it just unfold and see what happens? Yeah, that Reigns promo, that was the night after he beat Undertaker at, um, at Mania. He basically mm. stood, he stood in there for like five, six minutes and people were just booing, booing. And all he just said was my yard now and walked off. And that was a really great promo. I yeah. think, I think, Ray, I think Reigns knew the fans were going to boo him and he was just having the way, having time of his life going, yeah, boo me, boo me, boo yeah. me. I'm they still doing, here. Yeah. They, they were doing more than booing him, but I'll tell you yeah, what, l- let's, let's table the WWE talk for now, because we'll come back to that in a sec. Let, let's wrap of up course. AEW before we get too far off here. Oh, which yes, obviously, of I've caused myself, so I will take the blame. But um, but yeah, so the, the Jungle Boy Omega match was freaking great. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to bring up the, the, the continuity consistency with mm. AEW, because there are lots of little things which they're really freaking good at. Sometimes they're not, I will say that as an AEW fan here, but there are some things that they're just really good of just saying enough or giving you a little hint of something enough to where you can tell exactly where it's going and you know you'll be rewarded for it ultimately. But mm. there are also little things where you're rewarded, which is something that WWE, not just to bring them up again, that have been guilty of in the past, whereby if you notice something and then it just doesn't make sense down the line, they just kind of go like, it never happened in like the Jedi mind trick type yeah. deal. Whereas with AEW, the whole relationship between Eddie Kingston and, and Pentagon, Pentagon Zero M, I think it is, is that when Pat couldn't get over to America, Eddie Kingston kind of started forming his family faction. This is when he was challenging John Moxley and being yeah. healed for a while. And so he brought Penta and Phoenix into the fold, but wanted to split them up and was determined to keep Penta, but ditch Phoenix, which in itself, don't agree with that decision, Eddie, but that's a debate for another day. But then eventually Pat came back, that family thing split. They had like the big blow off, it's done. You know, in case it eventually turns face and whatnot. And then a few weeks back, ultimately it's kind of like, you know, we both don't like them. So we might as well just team up and help each other. But Pac was like, no, what the hell are you talking about? I remember what you did. They remember what you did, that being Penta and Phoenix. But ultimately Eddie was just like, look, I get it. But the fact of the matter is, we need to work together. You cannot like me all the hell you want, but when we're out there, it's business. 
And it's a little thing like that, which is like, good, they've acknowledged it. I'm, mm. I'm not, not got to forget it. And then it's a little other thing that, that Eddie did, and I think it was in the promo on the Saturday Night Dynamite, that he referred to Penta as my best friend, which was the line he kept using to try and turn Penta and Phoenix against each other. Yeah. But it's just like a little continuity thing where he's like, oh, you know, my best friend Penta. It's just a, it's a little tiny thing, but Penta went with it because at this point, you know, he might as well. His brother's been taken out. Pac's been taken out. What else is he going to do? So he's just going to go with it and just have fun because he can see that Kingston's changed. And it's just a little thing like that that I just love. And that's a little bit of continuity consistency. Hmm. Yeah. You definitely don't get that with WWE most of the time. I mean, they'll only bring it up if it's vital or something they've just remembered something. So, oh yeah, this happened. We need to talk about this. This sort of thing happened. It's like half the time if, I mean, sometimes if someone has a, a significant victory over someone, they, I, it's either used a bit later on or it's completely forgotten. Mm. Or, or the wrong thing of a match gets really, really talked about. It's like a good example. And I think this was, this was definitely picked up on, on some of the UK wrestling channels like, uh, uh, um, like Cultaholic and WrestleTalk was basically how in the Cesaro and Rollins match, Cesaro does his UFO to finish Rollins off. And then for like the next couple of episodes, they're going, he did the UFO. It was the most amazing move that we saw at WrestleMania. And it's like, what what point from a storytelling point of view or kind of wrestler building aspect are you trying to trying to do with this? We all saw it. We all liked the move. It's it's a nice highlight. We don't need to be reminded of it every week until something else happens. It's Yeah, it's, but unfortunately, yeah. and that's that's when it comes to WWE production as well, is like sometimes it's a thing of that's hot. Keep talking about it. Keep mm. reminding people. They yeah. must remember that that is a thing. They can't just not forget about it, but they can't just not be told about it for a few minutes. And that, that's, yeah. I'm sure that's something that will come into play, but it's like, sometimes you just, just gotta, just gotta have a, just a moment of calm. Let it breathe. Yeah. Sort of still, still a phrase from yeah. Zach, Zach Ryder and all of this figure hunting stuff. It's like, just let, let a moment breathe. Just have a few moments of silence. Just hear the crowd. I mean, obviously the virtual arena is a bit difficult, but you know what I mean? It's like, mm. just, give things a moment to sink in. It's like what TNA used to do back in the day on Impact when you have something really significant happen. Everyone keeps talking, keep talking. You get no time to process it. And then it's to the back. Yeah. Just literally, yeah. that's that's the way it used to happen on there. But um, but with AEW, I love the consistency on things. Now, I, I want to talk about this. And also, this is going to lead into the next thing I want to mention as well. Okay. Did you see the segment on Saturday Night Dynamite involving Conan and Tully Blanchard? I did not. No, I have not seen that, but yeah. If you get a chance, go out of your way to watch it because it, it's great. And like Conan is basically representing Santana and Ortiz because he has a relationship with them from his, the LAX days and impact. Conan comes out to the LAX theme music, which is great. And mm. they have like a little promo battle and you just rem you're just reminded in that one segment, Conan's a really freaking good promo. Mm. And he says some really great stuff. Then ultimately... It's FTR that come out dressed up like Santana and Ortiz, just all covered up and stuff because they've been taken out in the back and they spike pile drive Conan and whatnot. Mm. So Conan is now part of this whole like dynamic with those two teams, which I'm so excited to see because the video package they did must be a couple of weeks ago, just highlighting the background of each team. It was so good. Just the way that they were highlighting, you know, we've had it tough here in North Carolina. And then there's, there's Santana and Ortiz then going, yeah, you ain't survived the streets in New York, but we had to do this in North Carolina. 
but you haven't survived this in New York. And it was just, it kept one upping. <laughs> it was just so, so good. Just how they, they're both, what is it? It's like the same paths, but from different backgrounds, just like kind of not intertwining, just like diverging paths. That's the way I'm thinking it in some ways. And the other thing that this now brings into play, again, because I appreciate we've got a lot to talk about and we're, we're going to try and keep this to a decent time today, as it were. Yes. This brings you on to Andrade, which I appreciate is quite a, a deviation there, talking about diverging paths there. Mm. Andrade El Idolo is part of AEW. He came out randomly introduced by Vicky Guerrero and then walked away. And then on Saturday yep. Night Dynamite, was going to announce something with Vicky and then Matt Seidel interrupted him. And this has now ultimately led to the announcement that his first match in AEW will be next week at the time of recording when they're in the, the first building with fans in Miami, as it were. Mm. If that made sense. You get what I mean. He's going to be facing Matt Seidel. And that's going to be a flipping great match already. I'm, I cannot wait for it. But it's just the presentation of Andrade. Yeah. It's that's not that I don't like it. It confuses me. Let me elaborate. Okay. And then, and then feel free to respond so mm. I'm not let you talk for like five minutes now. So I get he is meant to come across as a superstar. And the way he dresses, the presentation, everything about him just oozes money. He's rich. He is a god, pretty much. But then there's an element where he is talking, and they do the sit-down interview with Jim Ross, which I actually really liked, because you could tell what they effectively said was, look, what you can say in English, just say it. What, what you can't say in English, but you'd rather speak it in Spanish, just say it in Spanish. We'll subtitle the entire thing. I actually really like that as a dynamic, mm. partly because it has a bit of just international flavor to it, but it also means that you can tell you can either play it off as he's going to try and speak English, but ultimately when he's like, oh, I could just say this far better like in, in Spanish, he can. Mm. And I really like that element. But there is a part of me now, and this is why I wanted to bring this up. I think this has been mentioned by a few other people as well, just in general, but I had this thought at the time. Mm. If Conan is now part of AEW, and he's a really freaking good talker, I would love to see Conan be effectively the managerial role of Andrade. It would be quite a weird dynamic, to say the least, when you mm -hmm. think about maybe the backgrounds and the personalities and the presentation of them both. But in terms of getting over how good Andrade is and how important he is, Conan could do that in a heartbeat. Mm. And I strongly and firmly believe that if Conan were to not be, not to be the mouthpiece of Andrade, but to be just there. Like there's a few other people who have that where like they'll say some bits and bobs, but there's ultimately someone maybe leading the charge a bit. Jade Cargill, for example, now has smart Mark Sterling with her. Mm. And it's not that Jade can't talk because she's got a lot of charisma, but it's she just does. having someone else just to almost just add to, add to the, the overall flavor of it. Again, it really, really helps. And I just really believe that to help Andrade Again, not because he can't talk, because he can, but I just think having something like a Conan with him, that presence with him, who's never going to overtake the importance of him, but can add to how important and what Andrade actually means and will represent, I think that is vital. And much as I like Vicky Guerrero, and I think she will do a fantastic job, and they've already established the link with the fact, you know, they're both from, from like, you know, multi-generational wrestling families. Easy, really, really easy link to have there. But I just think I associate Vicky Guerrero with Nyla Rose. Mm. That is who her person is. She is very much the manager of her. Heck, she was wrestling on Dynamite in a tag team match. 
like Vicky is at a particular level in a different part of the AEW landscape, whereas Andrade is at another different level, be it higher or lower, whichever you feel currently. Mm. But he's in a completely different area to where Vicky currently is in my estimation of watching the show regularly. And I just think there almost needs to be a moment where they can periodically cross over. Just periodically. There could be a moment, an exchange, but they need to be separated. That's what I think. And I think Conan would be the perfect replacement for that. I mean, if you want to talk about Andrade, the perfect manager for him so far has been Zelina Vega. They had a great double act in NXT. And to a point, they kind of had a good act in WWE. And then booking. Booking just really sidelined and frustrated Andrade. So obviously he's over here in AEW now. And I think Andrade has a lot of potential, but I think you're, you are right. He, there needs to, I think in order for Andrade to at least be able to thrive right now until he's able to, to, to do promo work, or if he's a, if, to that degree, I think he needs a really good mouthpiece or a really good manager to speak for him. And we've seen it and we've seen it with some of the, the big hitters in wrestling over the last couple of years. I mean, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar doesn't do much promo work. He'll say the odd line here or there, but most of the time it's Paul Heyman. And whenever mm-hmm. Paul Heyman's speaking for a wrestler, good stuff happens. Look at Team um, Taz and AEW, another prime example. Yeah, Taz. Taz doing a lot of talk for obviously Brian Cage and and, and the group there as well. Um, so yeah, I think I think Andrade has a lot of talent and he was what he was one of the best wrestlers in NXT for a good period. And it was great to see. Um, but yeah. The main roster run was a complete disaster. I, I, I think I think everyone's Not the in agreement. First time that will be said ever. Yeah, yeah. Shock horror. Shock horror. <laughs> um, but no, I think if if he really need if he really wants to prove himself in other in other in other uh, what do you call it and other promotions and other and other companies, the whole package has to be there. And you can look a million bucks and you can do. All the all all the stuff that you can do in the ring, but if you don't have a character pro- element to it, or you you're able to connect with the fans in some way, uh, verbally or even through uh, emotionally in some way, then you are kind of dead in the water a little bit because those those with the complete package become uh, become memorable. They have a legacy. Um, it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't like it's like good example. It's like the Rock. Could be the rock could be able to lay the smack down every every week, but if he didn't have the charisma and, and the and and the skills to like have an audience in the palm of his hand and get them reacting to everything he said, even it's like his catchphrases and stuff like that, then it's like he, the rock would have just been like Rocky Maivia when he came out in the Survivor Series. It's it's kind of like the the whole package has to work somewhere. But yeah. I I I have good hopes for Andrade. I would love to see him thrive in AEW and kind of do show WWE. They really did fuck it up. Apologies for the language, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Now another interesting element to the Andrade thing. Yes, and this is kind of going back earlier to mentioning other promotions and Kenny Omega, Ooh. the belt collector. Are you aware that I believe it's at Triple Mania, Triple A's like big premiere show of the year, their, their WrestleMania equivalent, if you're not aware. Yeah. That um, they are having Andrade v. Kenny Omega for the Triple A Super Mega, whichever it is title. Forgive me, I don't know the, the entire name. I'm very curious to see if that's going to be acknowledged or if they're going to do any build up to that. Mm. Because yeah. at the moment, Adam Page is very much now in 
you know, he is like going to be full steam ahead imminently for going to be challenge, being the next prime challenger for Kenny Omega, which I cannot wait for. That That is like being a long-time fan, the continuity, consistency being paid off, quite frankly. That is a prime example. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they would probably want Omega to clearly have lost somewhere before that match because for them, that's a massive big deal. Yeah. Now, you could argue if he just, he doesn't turn up with all the belts all the time, there's probably a very easy way to hide that. But given how open the AEW are about talking about, you know, things from elsewhere, forbidden doors and whatnot, it, it, it would feel very weird if they didn't acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, I think it would help a little bit of continuity because obviously they can go, they could have all the belts and if one's vanished and they're not kind of acknowledging it, and especially when both wrestlers are on the same uh, yeah. the same big show as AEW, <laughs> you kind of need to acknowledge that. I mean, it's like you said a bit earlier about uh, acknowledging continuity and and events in the past. I think they have to make sure this is acknowledged because otherwise mm-hmm. it's going to be an awkward sort of, so is anyone going to talk about it? Nope. All right. But where did the belt go? Where did it go? Where did the belt go, Kenny? In fact, you know what? I've just thought about this. The last time I actually recall now someone being a belt collector was probably in TNA, and it was Kurt Angle, when for a while he was an IWGP champion, because let's not get into that right now. That's a whole other kettle of fish. He mm. was one of the IWGP champions, uh, as well as the TNA champion. I think he was also somehow the tag team champions by himself. Uh, and like he was every champion because I think at that point Samoa Joe had also been going for that. It was part of their like long feud, but that's another example of like the belt collector thing. Hmm. But um, but I I do hope they're going to acknowledge it. I really really do. Hmm. And talking about continuity consistency, this is a if we need a name title for this episode, this is what it's going to be, quite frankly. But again, talking about Eddie Kingston and Penta. Now, hmm. apologies if you've not seen this on Dynamite yet. I'm going to be spoiling this for a moment, but. They defeated the Young Bucks on Dynamite last night at the time of recording in the in the Jacksonville Farewell Show, as I'm now going to refer to it. Mm. It was such a good match. It's the first match on the show. Go out of your way to watch it, those of you listening and watching this, if you want a really, really fun match. It's just, it's just so good. Eddie Kingston is awesome. Penta is awesome. Love, whether you love them or hate them, the Young Bucks are freaking great. They just are. They have been. And it's exactly what I wanted to happen. And now we're going to get a tag team title match involving them at some point soon. And it's going to be great. One would assume that probably in that match, Moxley might make a return or Pac might make a return to help their, you know, fellow comrade and whatnot, when undoubtedly there might be some shenanigans involved, let's say. Yeah. Shenanigans, skullduggery, pick your word. They're both great. (laughs) But yeah, so that, that, again, it's just, it's simple and smart stuff. And just a bit of continuity and consistency there. And I love the fact now that the Young Bucks have actually lost a match. Because I'm pretty sure they've not lost a match for a long time at this point. Like, probably since they won the tag team titles from FTR. So, it's nice to see that they can be defeated. (laughs) They're fallible. They're beatable. Go. Go Go again. Get the belts. That sort of stuff. There you go. And as we mentioned, Adam Page is now pretty very likely next in line for the AEW title. And... Saving that match with everything that's gone on between them when they were tag team champions, the separation period they've had, the moment where Adam Page was number one in the rankings, but then Brian Cage beat him. And it just suddenly meant that's not happening for a while. It's just it's little easy continuity things when you start thinking about something and it's like, nope, they thought about that. You know exactly what it means as well. It's just it's so great. And that match 
in front of an amazing crowd. Probably if it's all out, I think that's in Chicago again. I don't remember off the top of my head. Mm. But either way, that match in the main event of a sold out show is going to be just, it's just going to be fire. It's going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> Let's hope it all comes together. And it's really, really hope. And and an inner circle v pinnacle, the feud must continue. Like the, the Sammy Guevara MJF yep. match was really freaking good. Like mm-hmm. so good. Sammy Guevara risking his life. I don't know if you've seen, you might've seen a gif going around of it, but I have, basic, have not, but go on. Okay. Sorry. Well, you know what? Oh, short version. MJF is over the guardrail. Sammy Guevara does a somersault from the top rope in the corner over the guardrail to get him. Okay. Just, I mean, I've not played it up enough there, but flipping heck, when I watched that, I nearly just went, Jesus! <laughs> just, uh, but it was really, really good. And I, this is now, this match, I love the match. It's such a good main event. It was one of those matches where when it started, they did a load of chain wrestling. Mm. And it was Jericho, ironically, on commentary for the, like, the entire show. But he was hyping up how, like, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be a fight. And they start chain wrestling to begin with. And I openly laugh. <laughs> and then he even had to acknowledge, this isn't what I was expecting, but it's still great. <laughs> it's just so good. And then ultimately, it did get, you know, a bit brutal and bloody and stuff. It was really, really good. Ultimately, MJF got the win through some skullduggery, which was expected to happen, quite frankly. Mm. There is a one continuity loophole that needs to be answered, though, from this match. Talking about continuity again, there were members of the Pinnacle that came out to basically they interfered. It was Wardlow and uh, Sean Spears, excuse me, who got involved. Now, earlier in the show, there was a promo from Santana Ortiz and Jake Hagar hyping up a six-man tag match next week with FTR and I want to say it's Wardlow that's going to happen next week, like another big pinnacle in a circle match. Yeah. Where were they? Because they could have come out to help and they did not, I don't remember them mentioning why they weren't there. So there is a loophole there that needs to be figured out as to why they didn't come out and help Sammy and Jericho. Because mm. ultimately Jericho got a bit of a beating as well from it. So that's a continuity thing that needs to be answered. But otherwise, it was so good. But the, the main thing it's going to lead to next week is that on the Dynamite next week, there will be a segment in the ring where MJF has publicly acknowledged he will give Jericho another match against him, but he has to follow some stipulations that MJF is going to lay out. Now, I'm guessing this is probably going to be in similar vein to when it was probably Cody and MJF, actually, like early in the early days of AEW, when like Cody had to have like 10 lashings to his back or something. Mm. And like all the bits and bobs and have a cage match against Wardlow. It's probably going to be something with similar ilk to that, I imagine. Yeah. But we're going to get MJF v. Jericho again. And in a, in a hot building, that's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I don't care the quality of the match, ultimately. It's going to be great just to hit MJF getting booed out the building. Because it's always great. <laughs> always fun. Always fun. I've been talking a lot there, but anything you wanted to touch on from the things I've just been uh, mentioning? Uh, no, I, I am, I am, I'm quite covered. Uh, I'm quite good actually. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there is a lot going on in EW and as yeah, it's going good. It's going good. And I think fans coming back is going to really propel it a bit further forward now. I think, mm. I think the money, the money is definitely in the page, page Omega feud Go the with. money's in the page that's, that's like a really good kind of cryptic metaphor it's in, in the book <laughs> it's in the book or the beer can or the whiskey glass or in go. the horse saddle 
Uh, Joe, I will say, actually, before we move on from AEW, actually, I do, I mean, I want to give a shout out to Rebel because she was involved in a tag match with Britt, Nyla, and Vicky that I mentioned earlier. And she actually dislocated her kneecap during the match. Ow. Like there's a moment where she broke up a pinfall attempt and immediately I knew something was wrong because she wasn't moving her legs. Mm. And she was like literally trying to drag herself over to the side. And you know when you're thinking, ah, this seems off. You know when yeah. you just know? But sometimes you just, you can tell. And then uh, I think eventually I read online that like, she dislocated a kneecap. So, you know, best wishes to her because she doesn't mm-hmm. wrestle often, but it's just, that sucks, you know? Just, yeah. it, it, it's, it really, really sucks. Also, that Britt Baker-Nyla Rose match, I'm really looking forward to that because they've, they've somehow managed to turn Nyla Rose sort of face, but still very heelish. Almost like a tweener, I guess, but more on the face side of it. And it works really well. And Nyla Rose's gear looked really cool. What kind of a white and purple look? but that's a topic for another day. Mm. So we now move to WWE land, the world of of the world wrestling entertainment, the sports entertainment, if you will. (laughs) So again, there's a lot to talk about here. So Ian, I'm going to give you the option. Do you want to talk NXT first or main roster? Uh, because obviously Money in the Bank has started. Let's talk about main roster. We'll touch on NXT in a bit because I think NXT is going in some very interesting places and interesting directions. Um, but yeah, let's talk about main roster stuff at the moment because we've just come out of, well, we, we've had Hell in a Cell, which as you said earlier in the episode, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was a show that happened. Remember, remember the Thunderdome era for this final Thunderdome era pay-per-view. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was the show where there was great wrestling and some really stupid storytelling in, in one complete package. So, okay, that's an interesting way you phrase that there, storytelling. Do mm. you put it specifically as storytelling or do you put it down as dumb finishes? Dumb finishes for some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of possibly the Raw Women's Championship, who knows? F- hey, look, Ian. Who knows? You, you know, <laughs> in the fictional WWE rule book, you know this for a fact because every WWE fan and wrestling fan around the world knows this because we've all read this this book that doesn't exist front to back. That you can get disqualified by pulling up the lip of a table and throwing it conveniently into someone's face. Because it's never happened before and never not been a disqualification before. Therefore, nothing is wrong with that finish, Ian. Nothing. It was a load of shit. It was a load of shit. (laughs) Oh, you're being so polite to that, Ian. (laughs) It was so bad. But I I just felt bad for Rhea and Charlotte because they were having a... they were having a good match, and then suddenly that happened, and it's just like, whenever that happens, and there's like a DQ, and this is like a really good DQ, which the idea of that in itself is naff. DQs and after 15 minutes and just annoy me. Yeah, there's a good there's a good example of something where there's been no winner recently on Raw, and that was when Ricochet took on John Morrison, and Ricochet. Uh, jumps from the ring from there's a great gif online basically <laughs> Morrison escapes out 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 of the ring and just sits on the barricade between himself and some of the Thunderdome screens and Ricochet just goes all right jump just sort of hops up onto the top rope of the side he's facing and just flings himself across the the floor the barricade floor and cross bodies Morrison right over over behind there's clearly a mattress there or something like that but they just it's like a move like that which is just so insane obviously leads to like a double count out and you kind of go, Oh, it's, it's a silly, it's kind of, it's, it sucks, but you know what? I'll forgive it because of that move. Whereas with, 
with Ripley and Charlotte, they've had a really good match. They have great chemistry. We've seen it with their um, WrestleMania match for the NXT title. They had they have great chemistry. They have really great chemistry. And they decide to end this really physical and, and really engaging match with just a faint smack of a table. And that's it. And considering we still don't know what 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 whether we should be booing or cheering Rhea Ripley, whether we should be cheering or booing Charlotte. We have no idea at the moment. They're just as bad as each other at the moment. And we've got a lot, we've got a money in the bank match coming up in a few weeks. <laughs> and it's like, I think the fans are going to be confused as well. It's kind of go boo, yay, yay, boo. Eh? I mean, if they weren't already, con- if they weren't already confused, fair play to them. Yeah. Oh God, that's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. Oh man! Uh, let's 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 make let's make the first bunker menu prediction of this series. A CM Punk chant is going to happen at Money in the Bank. Oh I, no! I don't I don't I don't want it to happen. I, I I said in the previous episode I hate that chant. I I can I understand why audiences might use that, but I still I still think a lot of the 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 majority pretty much all the wrestlers in WWE they are incredibly talented. Unfortunately, they are sometimes let down, possibly by the creative, by the booking process. Um, so don't let that fi- don't let that finish at Hell in a Cell take away from the fact that both Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair are amazing wrestlers. And, and the same can be yeah. said for other matches on the card as well, like the yeah. Drew v. Bobby Lashley match. Yeah, you know, was really freaking good until that finish, where ultimately MVP was inside the cell, the thing designed to keep him out, and then mm. ultimately he. In the once again got involved in that match. Uh, what else was there? What else? Screw finishes. I'm trying to think. Uh, we had, oh, we had Alexa and Shayna and the hypnotism game, which honestly I don't have a problem with. It, it, no, 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 it, it, for, for the record, not because it's not stupid, because it's stupid, absolutely. but it's just at the end of the day, you just got to accept this is a WWE thing. And what I hope is that there is going to be some kind of real life payoff to this. And I say real life, meaning when fans are in the building. Yeah. Because they're going to have to do something with that. And whether they're going to really try and go for like a a spooky horror film type thing, where like, because it was in the Thunderdome, Alexa could have lots of magic. Maybe she had like an app on her phone to make things flicker. But now that she's in an actual arena with people, she can't control them with her app and hypnotism. Oh, Oh, don't, don't, don't create another house of horrors match. We've had that fun with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton and the Haunted Tractor. <laughs> Do you know what? I kind of want to see Shayna be in that match. Because Shayna is awesome. And what I would say is, I think she actually came out and said this publicly as well recently in an interview, that it's also her getting a chance to show that she can do what's presented to her. Yeah. In terms of her role in a storyline and such. And yeah. I totally agree. Because with, with an acting background myself, you want things to challenge you occasionally from a character perspective. Yeah, and so it's just—it's a really unique thing to be challenged with, while albeit a bit hokey, yeah. as a word to use. I think there's a—I think there was a there was also another story uh, recently about, uh, say, Baron Corbin, and most and most people backstage in WWE liking working with Corbin because Corbin is happy to collaborate. He's happy. He's happy to give stuff a go that's presented to him, um, and just try and make it make it his own. If it works, great. If it doesn't, well, back to the drawing board. Just going going back on telling the cell. I think generally, the ma- I mean, the quality of wrestling was good. It's just sometimes the storytelling ranged from all right to bollocks. 
and, and I think yeah. that's and I think that's the best way to describe Hell in a Cell. And it's and it's very weird because it it's like this is the second Hell in a Cell pay per view we've had in a year. It's not like we've had the year long wait. It was like we had October the last time, and now it's we've had it in June. And it's like what what madness is this? I don't know what's going on. Um, but maybe well, what's it's just- actually like the I'll go on WWE.com while uh, you're speaking. But what's I'm wondering what like the pay per view lineup is for the remainder of the year. But, but carry on, sorry with your thoughts. I think we still have. I think we still have things like SummerSlam and Payback. Um, I'm not sure if we're getting No Mercy again. Maybe I'm not sure. There's always table ladders and chairs as well. TLC Survivor Series. Um, it, it, it's really we're definitely not getting another stomping grounds. I don't think that's returning. <laughs> so according to WWE.com, and I'm purely for the record, I'm in WWE.com/shows, and mm. near the bottom there is like a list of pay-per-views. Would you like to hear all of the pay-per-views mentioned on this page? Yes, I think they've got a section where it says retired and active, don't they? Yeah, this is just literally just, it just says WWE pay-per-views. This is all it says. So, in no particular order, WrestleMania. WrestleMania Backlash. Have that. Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. Hell in a Cell. Yep. Money in the Bank. The next one. Next one, yeah. Super Showdown. Oh, that's the the international one. Is that a Saudi job? Yeah, Saudi or and sometimes it had they have done one for Australia as well. Yeah. Uh, Elimination the Chamber. Yep, we've had that. Summer Slam. Yep, that's coming up. Las Vegas. Clash of Champions. Oh yeah, it's that one. Survivor series. Yeah, that's November. That's the Thanksgiving tradition. <laughs> if I haven't said it already, TLC. And yep. everyone's favorite, most memorable show of a calendar year. Crown Jewel. Oh, no. <laughs> so that is 3, 6, 9, 12, 13 pay-per-views or events, I'll put in inverted oh. commas, of that caliber that are currently listed on the show's page of www.com. Fair enough. I mean, maybe maybe they'll add a few more later on. No, obviously not for this year, but probably once they get back to like full business as usual mm. with fans and stuff like that we may I mean they they haven't done they haven't done like single brand shows for a while. Um and they ha- and they haven't done for a good period. Um, again, it depends how it depends how things pan pan out when they start coming back into arenas mm. with fans and stuff like that. Because there's talk of new sets being prepared for Raw and SmackDown. Great theming. I love theming. It's amazing. Um, I mean, they can't but, take the Thunderdome era with them. They actually actually don't. don't. They, don't they really could. Don't don't t- don't give them ideas, <laughs> Jeremy. Do not give them ideas. Vince will be going, I want video screens everywhere. What about the fans? Screw the fans! Put them everywhere. It's good shit. So, <laughs> so with that thought in mind, Ian, do you want to play a game? All right. Literally, this is on the fly here. I'm not giving you any warning on this. All right. Do you think you can name the 15-1-5 retired pay-per-views listed on www.com forward slash shows. I'll give it a go. Go on then. Let's see if we can get them. Armageddon. Yeah. Over the limit. Or over it's the not, edge. It's not, on, it's not on this page, but I agree uh, that that should be on there. So I would say yes, but it's not on this page. Okay. Uh, judgment Day. Yes. Uh, vengeance. Yes. Love Vengeance. Uh, no way out. 
It's just the phrase love vengeance. Just... I, I love some vengeance, me. Vengeance, vengeance, vengeance. You're all like vengeance. Sounds like, sounds, like, sounds like something like a dark Batman character would say or something. <laughs> uh, sorry, you said, um, what did you say? Uh, I said no way out. Correct, yes. Uh, what else is there? Stomping grounds? It's not on here, but it is a retired pay-per-view because I remember that. Great Bills of Fire. Why is that not on here either? Like, <laughs> I, I have to admit, it's a silly pay-per-view name, but the pay-per-view itself wasn't that bad. <laughs> you could say it was a great ball of fire, all right? Uh, uh, Cyber Tuesday or Sunday, but the Cyber and They've got one. Cyber Sunday, but yep, that is here. They should bring Cyber. that back as a concept. Why didn't they do that during the Thunderdome era? For they crying can't... out loud. Reasons. That's why. Oh. Reasons. Uh, what else would be? It's a... Uh, mm, so. There's still, there's still quite a few. There is there, one of it? these listed on here that if you get it, I will buy you a drink next time we meet up. <laughs> like, uh, roadblock. It's not, it's not on here, but fair play to you. But they, they have had a couple of roadblocks. I know they have I'm, definitely had it. I, I'm literally yeah. going by. The, I'm going more from like what's on the list on here. But I agree with you. We've already discovered WWE.com's slash shows retired pay per views list is incomplete. Mm. I'm just. I'm using the 2003 paper you can do as my sort of my sort of muse. <laughs> it's a fair, fair game it's plan. my sort of my sort of muse for this. Um, you didn't mention it in the one above in the, like the active, but Extreme Rules should be an active one, shouldn't it? In fairness, yeah, I thought I did say that, but yeah, it's actually called on here the horror show at Extreme Rules. Oh, of course it would be. Of course it would be. Yeah, so there you go. Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Uh, so we're getting uh, no way out. Oh, this is, oh, this is insurrection. Not here, but that was also only a UK pay per view, so I yeah, think that's is, that's fair. This I tell is, you, 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 I'm not doubting your wrestling knowledge ability here, but if you would like me to give you one to maybe give you the caliber of show you might have to think about, then I will happily give you an answer or two if you want. Uh, Starcade. <laughs> uh, nope, that, that's never been a WWE pay per view, but it was well, they, a, they've a tried, one-time they, house show special type thing. Yeah, they tried it as a network special once. Yeah. It wasn't particularly, wasn't particularly great. Uh, Would you like a helping hand? Give, give, give me, give me, uh, uh, give me, give me one, give me one. WWE Fatal Four Way. <laughs> oh God, that was wasn't it? <laughs> Bragging rights. Correct. There you go. <laughs> there, there you go. go. I've sparked some thoughts in your brain now. There you go. The bash. Correct. That was the one I said. So you get a drink next time yes. I see you. Because <laughs> that was like their shortened version of the Great American Bash. Yeah. Because. Don't know why. Because it was um, not great in American, clearly. Yeah. Uh, now, I uh, will say, you mentioned a name earlier that was yeah. that, that's not here, but it's a play on the words. A one word is different in the name. Over the Limit? Correct. Yeah. Uh, so, I thought, I thought by it, my I thought count, you have got. I'm going to say three, but it may be four. I, I can't remember if you said one or I, not. I definitely got. I got Armageddon. I got Cyber Sunday. I got No Way Out. I got yeah. Vengeance. Yeah. I've done more than three. That's four. Uh, no, you, you, you got three or four remaining, sorry. Oh, three or four remaining. Oh, okay, so I thought you were saying, I thought you were saying you've no, only got three or sorry. four. 
There's definitely three, but it might be four because I can't remember if you said one of them or not. Have they done Night of Champions? And they're just correct. That is on here as well (laughs) because they're just being silly now. You see, now that I've said a play on words of the the same name, you're you're starting to think correctly. We've changed the words. No one will ever know what we've done here. Um, Oh, fully loaded. Not listed here, but definitely a retired pay per view. Yeah. Yeah, I remember fully loaded. That was like the first pay-per-view one I watched. Um, that was Which when Stone, uh, Stone Cold and Undertaker had to team up to win the tag team belts or something. Fully like loaded 98. There you go. See, I, I want to say that was also the show that had the dungeon match between Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock. I think so. Don't ask like, me why I remember it off the top of my head. I just do. Uh, it's, just a, it's like, this is when I go, I must try and figure these out now. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, I can give you another one if you want. We've we've had Super Showdown. We've had Crown Jewel, the Greatest Royal Rumble, not listed on here. But I would, I guess that's retired. Given they're <laughs> not doing tra- it again. Oh, uh, they'll probably try and do it again at some point when the money's right. I guess. Um, topical. Um, <laughs> or when they can travel. Or when they can travel. This is also true. Uh, capital punishment. Correct. I mean, yeah. actually, did you? I, th- I thought you said that one already. In that case, you still probably got three or four then. What? <laughs> you do this to me i don't know okay because i'm pretty screwed up there would you like a free pass on one of them yes okay breaking point (laughs) i forgot that one i knew that was one (laughs) so based on my counting which may or may may or may not be one off i'll tell you what i'll give you another one which is the one i can't remember if you've already said or not okay okay and then there's one more after that you need to get Right. So Unforgiven was one of them. I did not say that, and I should okay. remember that one. I there you should. go. Bad so, blood. And not on here, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, so there is one more listed on this page. I can give you clues as to what it is, but I won't say the name. I'll take a clue. Okay. ECW. One Night Stand. Correct. <laughs> that, that was kind of given away. Yeah, I know, right? So, uh, <laughs> oh, you should have said December to dismember. There you go. That's a that's, that's a retired show. Why is this list so incomplete? <laughs> what I'm happened to this to know- Tuesday in Texas? What happened to this Tuesday in Texas? <laughs> was that actually a pay per view though, or was that a special? I, do, I think that was a special. I think that was a special. I mean, who knows anymore? But- I mean, the fact of the matter is, NXT have been taking parts of those those sort of names and making them their own. So it's like Vengeance Day. You know, that fun play on words for Valentine's Day. New Year's Evil. I like that one. That was yeah. a cool one. New Year's Evil. And then we had In Your, in your House. You've had that one. Mm-hmm. And then they've what's got the, the Great What's American. the next takeover? Uh, next takeover, the, they've got one in the summer, but the next sort of TV special they've got is Great American Bash on Tuesday. Oh, cool. Which is headlined, I think, by Cole O'Reilly 2. Electric Boogaloo. Cole O'Reilly, I, I. <laughs> just they just put it's just, it's the way they do it on XT where they just put the giant eye in the middle of the screen and then both their heads <laughs> just kind of just slowly oh <laughs> just and, and do you know what that game sums up Ian there's some really cool pay-per-view names they should have been using <laughs> one correct yes the other thing it highlights is how much more enjoyable that was than Hell in a Cell yes Try it at home, kids. Literally. We just <laughs> had a great laugh doing that. So, yeah, like, again, standout matches for me were Bianca and Bailey. 
Really yep. good Hell in the Cell match. Has some great storytelling. Bailey cool. once again, getting on Michael Cole's case during the match was great. Uh, Owens and Sami Zayn always have a good match. That was no different. Mm-hmm. Even And even also, like, Kevin Owens selling in that match was so mm-hmm. good. Yes. Like, his arm as well as his throat. It's like, I, at one point, I genuinely thought his arm may have actually been hurt. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like we said, the other wrestling on the show was really freaking good as well. I want to give a shout-out to Drew and, and Bobby Lashley because it was a really good Hell in the Cell match, just ruined by kind of a just a skullduggery finish in a way, which shouldn't happen yeah. in a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, unless it it's a- something of the caliber of like Kane, not when it ends in like a double no contest. Because that's or, not how you finish a Hell in a Cell match. Or, or if you're Seth Rollins and The Fiend, and it's like, you can't use that hammer in Hell in a Cell. Ring the yeah, bell. There you go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh, or it's like when it was like CM Punk and Ryback and that ended with the referee like helping out uh, Punk in the end. What was, what was his name? Brad Maddox, that was it. Yes. That's yes. a blast from the past. So mm. following on from that, there's actually one more thing we need to talk about when it comes to Hell in the Cell, because... There was obviously a Hell in the Cell match the night after, which was unplanned, but yeah. Ray and Roman was brought forward because why not on a day's notice bring it forward to, to SmackDown? I thought this was a really good Hell in the Cell match. I love the story. I was really looking forward to it, but going to be honest, the fact there were ad breaks and it actually really felt made it feel disjointed for me and took me out at the moment. Yeah, I think um, I think out of the whole card, I think that match should should have definitely been on the card. Um, and I think that should have been a main event because then at least you would have, you would have, you would have ended the show with quite like a definitive uh, victory for Roman Reigns, but also it, it serves its purpose. It's basically you give Ray a nice little main event moment of trying to take the fight to Reigns. And he did so with weapons and all sorts of things and try to try to sort of stop, stop Reigns from going. But the moment that Reigns, started flinging him into the cage and basically yeeted him out the ring against the cage wall. That was that. But I don't think that, I don't think the result in, was in doubt in any mind. Everyone knew Reigns was walking out as universal champion. It's just, yeah, it's like, I think, I think it, it deserved to be on the main card. And I think it yeah. would have probably maybe, maybe uh, softened some of the sour notes. I think people had on the show itself. Um, but if you're going to have it on SmackDown, don't have it with at the end of the show and you've got a break every six minutes happening. Either have commercial free or you start or you make it half the show. And it's like you, you sell the fact that Hell in a Cell is a brutal, drawn out contest of where the strong or the the someone will be forever changed by the cage. And mm-hmm. that's what and that's what and that's what the cage was 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 supposed to be back in the attitude era days. It's like Mankind and Undertaker. Cam Walton, that, 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 we had just had the anniversary of that match as well. We did, yeah. And it's like in the in the start of the early days of Hell in a Cell, we were told this was the be all and end all of blood feuds. This is basically this is where people's careers get short, and this is this there is a level of brutality you'll never see again. I think to a degree, it's slightly softened in in well. A softened from a safety perspective. I'm going to make that clear. It's not like I demand barbaric blood sport, but it's like in 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 trying to be a bit a bit more more safe work environment. Yes, it is a little less less intense than it has been. But sometimes when you have the right modern feud in there, it is amazing. It is absolutely great storytelling. Um, and it's like there there have been some good recent matches in Hell in a Cell, which have been good. I mean, uh, New Day and the Usos feud all the way back in, I think, 2017. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, was Wasn't Sasha the... and Bailey really good as well? I seem to yeah, recall. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years back. Yeah, um, even even Charlotte and Charlotte and uh, Sasha in the first women's that was good, brutal, and and yeah, I think there was a slight botch finish, but other than that, it was like the storytelling demanded it. It was it it worked. Um, but yeah, it's like most times it's like the matches that get held in the cell sometimes don't really need it, or there are matches that call for it. Um, I kind of felt that with Cesaro and Seth Rollins is kind of really intense rivalry. Obviously, Seth Rollins being the delusional sort of person who's like, you made me hurt Cesaro. It's like, I had to do, I had to do it because you, you made me people. You made me go and hit the Swiss Superman. It's like, I would have loved that feud to go and tell in the cell, but it didn't. And it's mm-hmm. like, if anything, if anything was pointing to a tell in the cell match, it was that because obviously the way uh, Rollins put him in a stretcher a couple of weeks yep. prior, but no, it just became a flat out wrestling match, which Rollins won with a cheeky roll up and now wants to try and face universal champion, but obviously he has to deal with um, so, uh, a returning rated R superstar. So, so because yeah, SmackDown. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what? I genuinely had to think that I was like rated R superstar. Who's that? Oh, edge. Like, hand, I just, it, hand in your wrestling card right no, now. I do. No, I don't. know it sounds weird. It's <laughs> like, like I. Do you know, actually, that, that's a, let's just get onto that as the next topic then, because that's yeah. Hell in a Cell, folks. Have yeah, fun. Hell, hell in a Cell. But um, it's like, the reason yeah. I had to do a double take is not that I, I just kind of forgot it happened. Like, I'm actually genuinely excited yeah. to see the match that originally we probably should have got a Mania, the one-on-one. Mm. But it's just the way it happened, there was something about it which I really liked but it felt off. I think it's because there was nothing kind of signposted for it because it, you well, no, kind I, of, I, I, mm, I, sorry, because earlier in the show in that particular SmackDown, we have Rollins demanding a title shot against Reigns kind of saying, Hey, I want a shot. Despite the fact he hasn't really won many matches apart from that one against Cesaro. So it's not mm. like he's, he's like, I think he's trying to claim the victory of the feud saying I've won the feud. Now give me a title match. It's like, like you lost a lot of matches, Seth. Give me a title match. All right, we'll, we'll think about it. And then when Roman does his sort of state of the Universal Championship address and is about to just kind of, I think part of me was thinking he's not going to call out John Cena here and now, is he? Just to try mm. and capitalize on Fast and Furious 9 opening that same day. And it's like, that would, that would A, be quite cool, but B, also, what? And it's like, but then again, that, that would have probably skyrocketed interest back in SmackDown straight away. But no, all so- of a sudden... Big tidbit for you, but hold that yeah. thought because it's part of it. Did you know? Because I, I watched the I watched that segment after the fact, I should say. So I knew yeah. Edge was gonna come out, but I wanted to see it. Mm. Did you notice when him and Heyman were talking about the people who he had beaten? Yeah. He clearly mentioned like Braun Strowman, clearly yeah. mentioned Daniel Bryan, clearly mentioned all the other people he's been beating, Cesaro, but did not mention Edge. Mm. I actually never referenced Edge either. So that yeah. kind of actually watching it after the fact was actually a bit of a telegraph, but sorry, continue. Yeah. Um, but no, no, I get, I, I get you on that. It's, it's fine. Um, but yeah, in terms of, I mean, obviously I think the, the plan is, the plan seems absolute certain now it's going to be, it's seen the reigns at SummerSlam, which will be amazing. Absolutely. And especially in front of a crowd. I think that will be really good considering how far reigns has come since the no mercy match. I, I think that is going to be spectacular. Who are, fa- who are fans going to boo, though? They'll probably boo, they'll probably boo 
both of them. And then they'll probably cheer both of them at some point. It's like, the funny thing is, I kind of have a feeling fans might actually cheer for Bastard Reigns. Because, yeah, right. Be, because, exactly. Like- because, because they're booking him as a heel champion who isn't doing the cowardly stuff a lot. I mean, yeah, he might try and play mind games with like Usos and stuff like that. But it's like when it comes to actually fighting in the ring, he doesn't use a, a cheap shot. He might get an odd assistance from maybe an Uso, but he'll still finish it with, with when he has his shot, he finishes it. So yeah, I, it's like, yeah, you, he's, it's not like he's had a cowardly heel run championship. It's like, no, he says he's going to beat you and he beats you. And it's yeah. like, fair enough. Next opponent, please. The question yeah. is, the question is who is the person that's going to beat him? Mm. Who knows? Never know. It's, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, but it's, but like, it, it's really weird though as well. Sorry to cut you off there, just while no, it's on my brain, but with the edge return, like again, I'm excited to see him back. I'm excited to see him challenging. There was a part of it, which was really stupid. Do you, mm. I wonder if you picked up on this as well in that Roman and Heyman are standing on the entrance ramp. And then edge proceeds to speak into the, into the primary hard camera where, you know, the main shot of the ring, like, I'm here, Roman, where are you? Or words to that effect. And I'm literally thinking, he's on the ramp. You were just looking at him. <laughs> I, I Should was, you not be saying that to him? I, not, I watch- not, not like this. Where are you, Roman? If you're Roman, imagine that for those watching the video. Like, yeah. where are you, Roman? It just makes no sense. <laughs> oh, it's like I've got nothing to sort of put by me. It's like, where are you, Roman? He's behind you. Where are it's, you, Roman? It's almost like a pantomime. Like It's like, Edge, Edge, turn 19 degrees to your right. He's there. Over yeah. there. Yeah. there. That, that, that was the one kind of <laughs> random point, which is like, I, ah, like that's, that kind of took me out and, of it. But and, again, unless, so excited. Unless, unless, it was a, unless it was like a botched camera angle, I suppose. They basically mm. cut to that before Edge, had, before Edge was in the ring or something like that. I can't remember. But yeah, it's just, it just seemed like an unfortunate shot picking them up at, this, at the top of the ramp. Mm. When they, rather than them staying at the ramp, they should have just probably just high-tailed it through the curtain, maybe. I don't yeah. Know. Anyway. Sure, mistakes can happen or, you know, things like that happen. That's the beauty of live television. Yeah, I think, I think the match itself will probably be very good. I think people are going to enjoy it at Money at the Bank. Reigns will win, absolutely, but I have a feeling it's Seth Rollins' shenanigans this time. Mm. Because I think I think that builds up I think that builds up to a potential SummerSlam match between Rollins and Edge, which I think will actually be quite fun. That will be really good fun, actually. I'm yeah. up for saying that. And also yeah. congratulations to Becky and Seth, because they're now married. Yes. Yes, they are now married. Congratulations. As, bro- as broken on WWE's Twitter. Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> rather, as broken on WWE's Twitter after Seth broke the news on his Twitter. Yeah, pretty much. I should say. He just went, I'm getting married. And WWE going, they're getting married. Look, people. <laughs> Look, people. We're, we know the news when it happens. Honest. There you go. There you go. So then, <laughs> yeah, what I would say is this. Uh, Money in the Bank, we've got a lot of stuff being announced. We've got qualifying matches happening. It's almost like WWE have to sell some tickets. Yeah. And um, there was an interesting development when Randy Orton was not at Raw and, and, yeah. um, and Matt Riddle had to take his place, which... It's so good. It's I'm, such... Whether... Like, full disclaimer, I don't know if there's actually, like, a real reason Randy Orton wasn't there and, you know, that hopefully everything's all right. I don't know. Mm. But either way, the way they executed this story was 
excellent. Like just Matt Riddle, like doing the Randy Orton pose and getting freaked out by the pyro. It's yeah. so good. But I can also imagine this being what breaks up their team. Mm. Because Randy's now got the perfect excuse to, to basically be told, hey, like we were going to give you another chance when you're back this week to qualify. But he said he'd take your place and was kind of assistant on it. Yeah. And then Orton could just go, you cost me my spot and money in the bank, Matt. It's like, I'm sorry, Randy. I'm sorry. Yeah. I is like, I think if there was something serious, we probably would have heard about it by now. On, mm. on the rest of the news sites, I kind of think this is a storyline perspective why Orton didn't turn up mm. because the previous episode, Orton was disappointed with Riddle because mm. I think, I think, um, because I think someone had lost, someone had lost something and it's, I can't, I can't remember what I'm about, but yeah, there was the, no, it was Orton had lost his qualifier match, but Riddle had won his and mm. Orton was just disgusted because Riddle didn't help him win his his match. yeah um so part of me just thinks this is Orton just being very angry at Riddle and obviously making sure people know about it but obviously the storyline works amazingly well Riddle tries to sort of tries to save his friendship he writes a note <laughs> he writes a note which is amazing do you know what show- I'm happy about like genuinely the thing that made me happiest about that is mm. the fact that someone in this day and age still uses pen and paper. <laughs> it's like dear dear not general manager adam pierce please please let please let please let riddle fight for me signed rid orton orton just orton Riandy orton but but no i i think this could go a little bit further where i think if orton's not in money in the bank i think he might cost riddle the the match hmm out of just, yeah. just turn up an RKO and just off his way and we got a SummerSlam match. Again, SummerSlam card's already kind of forming quite nicely. Now, just there. It, it's already, it, already... Isn't it nice to be able to think forward like that? Yes. It doesn't take much, but it's really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, random note about WWE.com. So I've just gone onto the Money in the Bank page just to see what matches are currently announced. Yep. They describe this show not as a pay-per-view, but as a premiere show. Ooh. Just random note for you. Know? They, they, yeah, they've already they always call theirs like pay per view or like the main TV shows, premiere shows. Oh, because I'm pretty sure they actually called it like the Money in the Bank pay per view on the show. So it's like, well, you can't win, whatever. <laughs> so the currently announced matches are as follows, as according to WWE.com: mm-hmm. Kofi Kingston challenging Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. That'll be good. The, me- the the male, the men's, I was going to say two words there and I couldn't get one about. Uh, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match currently featuring Big E, John Morrison, Ricochet, Matt Riddle, and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, but I think there's two SmackDown spots to fill there as mm-hmm. well. Which um, one of them will be, if I'll look at the SmackDown page in a second then so we can get that clarified. Mm-hmm. We also have Edge to challenge Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Yep, that's happening. And we have the women's Money in the Bank ladder match currently featuring Carmella, Nikki Cross, slash Nikki Ash, whichever one it's meant to be. We may come on to that in a second. Yeah. Alexa Bliss, Naomi, and Asuka. So yes. Nikki Cross, let's just talk about that while we're here, while I also look yeah. at the SmackDown page. What do you think? I'm going to let you start on this one because I've done a heck of a lot of talking. So what do you think? I I think it's a gimmick that Nikki, Nikki has come up with herself um, and she's trying to make it work. I mean... I know some people are kind of going, what on earth's going on? But if this is something that Nikki's been quite keen to try and do or try try to kind of freshen up her character, it's like rather try something than do nothing, I suppose. It's it's 
it, it's something. I mean, the name change hints at something that's probably going to happen very, very soon. Uh, simply because of the good old rule, you can't have you can't have two wrestlers with the same name unless they're related. Oh no! Oh no, Carrion! No! <laughs> no! It's like Carrion Ash. <laughs> Are you saying it's a sign of the cross? <laughs> Carrion Ash! I, what the heck? Um, I just I I I just imagine Carrion Cross now turning up dressed similarly as Nikki Cross. <laughs> God, uh, the only match currently announced for tonight is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Okay. That's the only match. That's the only match currently announced, according to uh, according to WWE.com. Because admittedly, WWE.com's website at the best of times is pretty horrid. Yeah, I don't really go to WWE to get results. I kind of go to Bleacher Report. They're quite good. Mm. <laughs> just I'll just look at Bleacher Report and they just tell me whether or not I should be watching the show or not. And that's fine. Um, there you go. But, um, but otherwise, oh, Money in the Bank build up. Really, really yeah. good. Oh, I didn't say anything about Nikki Cross. I really like it. The actual reason I really like it is because I think it's something that, that children can get into. Yeah. And it can really get behind her. And just, it's like Alexa Bliss on one side and you've got Nikki Cross on the other. It's like, I actually really like it. I've got no mm. issue with it whatsoever. Yeah, I think if if it's to obviously entertain a younger audience, I think I think it will be a good shot. I mean, I mean, it's like a good period for a while where John Cena was obviously... The kids, the the kids love John Cena. Oh yeah, the mm. the older, more wiser wrestling fans might be furious about him, but the kids loved him, and it's exactly. like the kid and, and the kids love him, and obviously the Make a Wish kids and stuff like that. He's like he did, mm-hmm. he's done like hundreds. He's like one of the record holders for Make a yeah. Wish because all those young kids resonated, managed to sort of connect and resonate with John Cena. Mm-hmm. So I think if they're going to try try and find new ways to kind of encourage their younger audience to still stay watching their product. Can't go any, I mean, a good battle of good versus evil, like their own superhero versus their kind of spooky Joker-ish in Alexa Bliss. Who knows? Hmm. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'll see how it, I'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I buy, it's like to kind of throw out the window after like a, a show or two is, was kind of. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I hope doesn't happen. I'm really hoping. Yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, you made a, uh, you made um, an NXT reference there with Karrion Cross. So let's uh, talk about NXT briefly before we wrap up here today. Yeah. Obviously, we had the Takeover show a few weeks back. Overall, yep. from my perspective, really solid show. I've honestly not seen a heck of a lot of NXT in quite a while. I thought the main event was all right. I just it it felt like there was too much going on. But I really really liked the interaction between mm. Pete Dunne and Karrion Cross. I thought they had some really good chemistry there. Also. Mm. Hindsight being 2020 as well is even more amusing. But I did also really enjoy Wade Barrett having to explain what the the reference it's coming home is when <laughs> Pete Dunn had told him earlier in the day that that's what's going to happen in the match tonight and him having to explain to the commentators what it, it's coming home means. It made even more poignant now, given that, you know, the football result the other day at Wembley Stadium with England defeating Germany. Oh, they, well, they, they managed to sandwich it in NXT on uh, this this past Tuesday as well. Oh, did they? Oh, well, there you <laughs> yeah. go. Fair play. Yeah, way back going, yeah, England beat, beat Germany 2-0. Good. And it's like, I think it was on a random match that had no one from England. In. <laughs> I mean, Joe, at that point, that, that probably shows you that Wade Barrett had a note going, right, if I need to fill some time, I he's like thinking, <laughs> I need to fill some time, I'll use this reference quickly. But uh, otherwise, the actual thing that I, I also really love the opening six, man. Yeah. 
Really, really yep. enjoyed that. It was a great showcase for all of those people involved in that match. And also because I haven't, I really, again, haven't paid attention to NXT or not been able to rather for quite a while. I've really not seen the current incarnation of, of Zia Lee. And I really, yes. really liked it. I really liked the presentation. I love the whole mm. look and the whole feel about it. And it really, you can tell she's really come on leaps and bounds since she yeah. was utterly mullered in the May Young Classic a few there, years back. There was, there's a, I think there was an interview with Tyler Breeze or the recently released Tyler Breeze mm. uh, uh, a day or two ago. And Zia is one of his uh, students at his wrestling school, uh, which he runs with Sean Spears over at mm. AEW. That's, um, what's it called? Um, Flatbacks. That's what it's yes. called. Yeah, um, and Zaylee had been with WWE for for some time after the May Young Classic, and she was kind of going, "Why am I not?" And she was like, "I'm working hard. What's what's happening here?" So she went to train with with Tyler's uh, school for for a couple of weeks. Uh, they filmed a match, uh, showed it to Triple H. But yeah, a couple of weeks, the the current incarnation of Zaylee began. So yeah, and it and yeah, it's been a really good it's been a really good presentation, and I think there is still still likes to go with the character and even with the faction. Um, there was a bit of an awkward uh, awkward match or follow-up match with uh, the mixed tag uh, Zaya and Boa had with Martinez and Jake Atlas, where Lee literally knocked out um, Martinez with a roundhouse kick. Um, oh, God. And it's like, the, oh. it's like the impact doesn't look like it's really, really struck, but there was a way in which he just, uh, uh, Mercedes sort of, just crumbled, crumpled, and then just instinctively lifted her shoulder. And yeah, the ref just decided to stop the match and the camera just panned away. We didn't see, we didn't see what, mm. uh, obviously medics and stuff, but apparently she is okay. She is okay. Um, mm. but, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a little, it's a little unfortunate sort of misstep. These things happen in wrestling. They do. Mm. Um, but I don't, I, I don't, I, it, I don't think it's anything. Uh, I don't think that action was anything malicious or anything like that. And mm. I think... I, I really hope yeah. they use that to their advantage, not in yeah. like a malicious way I mean that, but in the sense of talk... Like, you want to say that Zia Lee's got kicks that can knock people out? Legitimately has done now. Yeah. That, that's absolutely. something else you can use. And obviously, pending Mercedes being cool with that, because yeah. that sucks. It's like, you know, when... Yeah. You know, when Jerry Lawler died on Raw, and then they used that in a segment a week or two later in like a CM Punk Paul Heyman promo. I really did not like that. Yeah. At the time, like really, really didn't. But I mean, some, I mean, some, uh, some unfortunate botches end up creating real legacies. Case in point, yep. Becky Lynch. Yep, that but bloody get, nose get, moment. That bloody nose just basically cemented her as a as a as a superstar. Thanks, Nia Jax. <laughs> it was Nia, wasn't yeah. it? I seem to recall. Yeah, well, it was Nia. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was like the latest erratic sort of move that she'd done because I think she had a she has this sort of mini kind of file effects of unfortunate botches or or instances which is not pretty to see but they have them yeah. again with wrestling it happens when people say wrestling is fake yeah the storytelling aspect can be but they are they are literally doing the stuff in the ring it's not like there's wires or anything like that so when someone is legitimately knocked out or they have broken something it's real it is still real. Yeah. And it sucks. Always yeah. sucks. Yeah. It really does. But uh, I'll tell yeah. you what, I'll let you continue talking about NXT because again, I've not seen much more yeah. of it. So, so talk about a couple of highlights and then uh, then we'll get on to a couple of quick news bits and then we shall wrap up for today. Yeah, so in terms of In Your House, um, I think having watched a lot of the takeovers, pretty much mo- pretty much all takeovers since, I think, since probably 20, 2016 when they were really starting to get going, um, it's not probably one of the best 
takeovers. It's not because takeovers set such a high bar of quality in the ring and some, and even sort of really good ring storytelling moments. Um, not all the shows get up to that caliber. And I think in your house just falls short of it, but that does not mean it is a bad show in the slightest. There is some very great, good wrestling on the show. Um, I think Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight was probably the story match of the night. Yeah, actually, I forgot to mention that. Really, was, I really love that match. I, It's like, the fact is they didn't go crazy, crazy with ladders. They kind of used them sporadically and it kind of built to the climax. And it's like, that's that's really good. What? Except for the one part where <laughs> he like, like gold? Did, did like, well, no, well, okay, there is that. But also the one part where like LA Knight dropped Cameron Grimes on the side of a ladder, like in the corner. Yeah. And that just, it just, it looked like, Instant doom, but otherwise, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you try try to make the ladder attacks at lethal, I guess. Um, then yes, we have the solid gold, the solid gold ladder at the top, which is about which I think where the comedy said, "Oh, that weighs a ton." And then Cameron Grimes just goes, "Yoink!" <laughs> it's like, oh, it, it, it's it's gold plated. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> yeah, but no, that no, no, that I think out of the matches. I think I think with the main event, the 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 five way, um, yeah, a lot of lot of bits and pieces inside the ring are really really good. Uh, I think there there was one genuine moment I honestly believed Pete Dunne was winning that belt because it was like he hit the bare end. I don't know if it was on cross or someone else, but he hit the bare end. And I just thought, shit, he's going to win it, and then it didn't happen. So um, at the moment, it doesn't look like Dunne Cross is the way they're going, judging from the last couple of weeks of uh, NXT TV. Um, but no, I think, uh, but yeah, a majority of the matches were, were still pretty entertaining. And it, it's, and I think NXT is starting to, to grow back into something that is legitimately a very, very good all around wrestling product. Um, I mean, the following shows, things just got stronger. I mean, Samoa Joe's back as the enforcer for Regal and it's just fun to see Joe back on TV, but also just being a badass. I mean, there's, a, yeah. I mean, the, the first episode he's back, Cole and uh, Cole and O'Reilly are just are just squabbling and fighting in like the the locker room area or no in the backstage area and obviously Joe can't get involved unless he's provoked he just gets lightly nudged by Cole is that right clutch <laughs> yeah it's exactly like they did around 2003 with yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Eric Bischoff when they were I think it was co raw GMs yeah. and it was like the the storyline was. Austin, you can't physically touch any. You, you can't touch anyone unless you're physically provoked. And then someone would like just tap like a finger on him, and he'd be like, "Oh, oh. no, you didn't, Stunner." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's that. I'm. Part of me thinks they are seriously trying to get Joe back to in ring action because the following the those that episode and the following, I think two episodes as well, give or take have also kind of really hammered on with Adam Cole being slightly obsessed with Joe getting involved in stuff. It's like he's- I need yeah. to see Adam Cole and Samoa Joe. I need I, to see this. It's like, it's like yeah, he's still having a, an art. He's still bickering with uh, with uh, Carl O'Reilly. But every so often, he he just goes back to talking about Samoa Joe and just, just tell it and just getting angry about Joe. And it's like, if they are serious, if they are serious about getting Joe back in the ring, Parmy's thinking they would not have this being laid out on TV. So mm. it's kind of like literally when Adam Cole's being choked out. Yeah, as well. So I <laughs> uh, so possibly, 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 maybe not this summer, but maybe towards the end of the year. Yeah. 
oh, if we get Joe versus Cole, that's going to, mm, that's, that's, that's the good stuff. Mm. In terms of the NXT title picture, um, it looks very likely it's going to be Gargano versus Cross at some point. Um, more than likely, this is where Cross is losing the belt because I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a no brainer. He is definitely going to main roster. You could say it's the way to the main roster. Ooh, ooh, indeedy, indeedy. Uh, um, I make no apologies for that, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the only, the only thing I hope, and this is obviously, I mean, I, I mean, NXT call ups to the main roster is always is. It's like it's either, it's either all right to a point or just a complete disaster, and we've seen it time and time again. It's like I think what really helps with the cross characters, while the in ring in-ring work might not always be the same scratch as say an Adam Cole or a Pete Dunn or something like that. There is something about the presentation that works. There is something about having him and Scarlett come out to that rock music, to that eerie environment and just having fallen prey, just being bellowed out high, at high voice. And I don't want to see that kind of breaking up, broken up a bit when they go to main roster. I know they've been, there's been reports that Scarlett might also be going to be resting on the main roster which make them a power couple, make them a power couple. And that would work even better. That would be amazing, but it's the main roster. So it's kind of like, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I, it's like, there have been during times when you see a wrestler go up to the main roster, you think, yes, this is, this is going to be a good move. And it just hasn't panned out because of X, Y, and Z. Um, Hopefully the fans can help with that fan reaction. Hopefully, Yeah. could force them to have to do well with it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the the other absolute certain call-up is Bronson Reed, because he has just lost the NXT North American title to Swerve. Oh, oh really? Uh, I didn't realise that. I didn't hear yeah, that, sorry. Ma- yeah, main event of the recent episode of NXT, uh, Swerve goaded um, Reed into putting the belt up on the show at the end of the episode. Hit Row got involved with shenanigans. <laughs> and, Swerve's uh, awesome. But the fact is the Hit Row faction He's pretty good. Yeah. It's like the moment they kind of arrived and they just have this, they just popped out and they just have this one promo. It's just like, oh, these guys, these guys know what they want. And they're kind of, they're, 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 we know them as characters already. They are, they are going to be quite powerful. And mm. it's like, just strap a rocket to them and, and let them fly. Give them the tag team belts as well, eventually. I mean, MSK versus... Uh, champion Thatcher at the American ba- American Bash is going to be very good. They had a, so good. That was a good. There was a really good promo between mm. them on on the. When, when on when's the American Bash? Sorry again. Uh, next Tuesday. It's a team. No, special. this coming. All right, we'll talk about that next time then for sure. Yeah. So I'm um, seeing that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be quick on this. It's basically there's a really good there's a really good ring promo where they're just sat on their chairs. Obviously, Champer and and Thatcher have been doing their sort of chair thing, but they just sit there and they just kind of talk. They kind of talk their stuff. And, and Champ has a great word of saying, I make belts feel relevant. And, and basically I, I make whatever belt that I have feel relevant in this brand. And there comes a moment, I don't, I can't remember which one of it. I can't, I don't know which name it is from MSK, but one of them just slaps him and slaps him. It, and, and Champa doesn't sell it. He just stands there and, and it's like, you think all hell's about to break loose, but he just sort of, cal- he just sort of calms down Thatcher and just kind of goes, no, no, whoa, whoa, no, we're not doing this. And all Champa just says, you had your free shot. Next next week, we're taking those belts. And it's like, <laughs> part of me really wants to see them take the belts. I Part of me thinks MSK will still keep the belts and maybe lose them 
to possibly grizzled young veterans because I think they still deserve at least a good shot at those belts. They've had a mm. good feud. But it's like, that's going to be a good match. I think Great American Bash in general is going to be a nice little episode. Cole O'Reilly, be fine. The tag team match, women's tag team, you've got Io Shirai and Zoe Stark versus The Way, which I think will be great fun. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's going to be, it's going to be, maybe there might be a North American title rematch there as well. Who knows? But hmm. no, I, I, I think at the moment, NXT is, is getting more and more interesting and getting more exciting. I mean, I haven't even talked about Roderick Strong coming back in Diamond Mind. Yeah, there's there is so much going on. Yeah. And, um, you know what, actually, I think this is a really good way to table this discussion. On our next episode, we'll be talking about Great American Bash. So I, I actually yeah. really want to see that show now. You've actually told me more about it, mm. so we can talk about because um, it's the Diamond Mine faction he's part of. Diamond now, isn't Mind, it? yeah, yeah. So, so we can talk about that and a few other bits and bobs as well. And that that would be mm. a good way to sort of catch up on NXT. Because admittedly, with the stuff we have planned today, we we, we talked about a heck of a lot. But there's only so much yeah. time in the world. This is true. But the one thing I am, um, a couple of things we will quickly touch on before we go. Obviously, there were a whole bunch of WWE releases very mm. recently. Yeah. It, it sucks anytime anyone gets released, quite frankly. Some surprising names in there. From my perspective, I think the one that got to me most of all was probably Tyler Breeze. Yeah. I don't mean to say, I don't mean to sound so surprised about that, but I only mean from the perspective of I, I've been watching a lot of Up, Up, Down, Down over the past yeah. year during the pandemic. And it's, Kind of like what I was saying about the AEW promo earlier. Like AEW, I, I really looked forward to it every week, and mm. some of the stuff on Up, Up, Down, Down has just been really just fun to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. something I've been really looking forward to. So it's more just from the in a slightly selfish way. It's just from the perspective of where does he stand on Up, Up, Down, Down stuff. It's just um, what I want to know. But maybe, maybe they might be able to work out some sort of small contract agreement that allows them to do Up, Up, Down, Down. Maybe, maybe, yeah. We'll maybe see. in that sort of sense, it depends what he really wants to do post WWE. Does he want to just focus on the wrestling school? Does he want to consider other other companies and so forth? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if there is a plan for certain wrestlers or there are attempts to get wrestlers back into the fold in some degree, they're usually quite quick to do it. Again, Joe being one of the cases, yep. obviously the day he was released, Triple H is on the phone to him straight away saying, no, no, come back to NXT. We've got plans for you or we, we want you. So, so yeah, I mean, the releases again is part of a business thing from, from budget cuts when they're unprofitable, but yeah. So Mm. it's like some of the talent that was cut in the, like the second round of like the, the more recent ones, I think were the talents that weren't necessarily getting relevant TV time. I mean, the problem is it takes two or five's roster down to like five. (laughs) So I shouldn't laugh, sorry, but it's also like Alistair yeah, Black it, recently as well. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's just baffling yeah. to me. But yeah, and I think and I think some of the really, I think some of the races, I think the company have just just really kind of put, put to one and two together and just gone. Oh wait, we shouldn't have done that, should we? It's like I just say it was just like a lucky lucky dip, wasn't it? Effectively, yeah. or unlucky dip, I guess, as it is in the I, case for some of them. I I hope I it's like. It's a horrible thing, but I just, part of me sometimes just think they just closed their eyes and just went that one, that one, that one, and that one, and just, yeah, and just play a chance. I mean, but yeah, because I think still out of the most recent releases, the As the Black one is just, it's baffling. It's just, it's just stupid. I they mean, just started I, him back on TV with vignettes, didn't they? And yeah, now, yeah, they invested gone. a lot of time in him. And then it's like, oh, well, Big E hasn't got an opponent now for a bit. What do we do with him? Mm. Uh, Apollo Cruz? All right, fine. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, I think with some, some releases, I think when you get a little bit more information from the news outlets, um, they kind of start to make a little bit more sense. I mean, especially possibly with Braun Strowman, uh, with like a fight with like the, the 1 million, the, the, the big money contracts and stuff like that. But I mean, part thing is, it's like, if he wants, if he's going to keep wrestling, there are companies that are going to get him. Yeah, it, exactly. It, it, yeah. And it's, at, it's, at least there are there is actually alternatives. Yeah. I think that's I think that's one of the more positives looking out of the releases is there is a whole world of opportunity now for those wrestlers to go out and and find more more companies to work with. Um because I think uh, any wrestling promotion with even like one or two names on that release list are going to be so much better off in a way. Um as well, I mean, obviously this time last year there wasn't really much wrestling, co- many wrestling companies still kind of going at that time. It was only AEW or KGWWE. So it's like, I think if if it was back when everything was probably locked down, yeah, this really would have sucked balls. It just, it, yeah. just, it just would have sucked to a, to the end degree, and it would just be a very horrible thing. I mean, I it's like some of the some of the releases still from like 2020 when it was like um, when they were got rid of Drake Maverick, and you had mm. that kind of gut wrenching video. I mean. A bit questionable how WWE kind of worked that back into an NXT storyline and, and kind of put him back into the fold a little bit. But mm. it was like, yeah, during that time, it, it, to lose your job and not to have financial stability was it was a terrifying prospect. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is it is sad to it is sad to see people lose their jobs. But I think there is there is I think the people of East will have no problem whatsoever finding new new avenues to explore with with their wrestling stuff it's like and then you see you see some pictures i mean there's a picture of buddy murphy this past week it's like he's eating him he's eating buddy murphy and just kind of become jojo level hench he looks like, jacked it's like it's like fucking hell it's, it's, fair, like, it's, a, it's a fair play mate that's what i say <laughs> yeah you know yeah it's like if, if he if he eventually does go to places like AEW, it's kind of like yeah, so I think the, the, the I think the, the catchphrase they gave him on two hundred five was like, uh, like what was it the, the secret like the mo- it's like something secret I can't remember it's like secret sauce. No, it was kind of like no best kept secret. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And like Tony like, Nice as well was like a very similar boat as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's like again, it's like some of the releases um, they especially two hundred five live. It's like they kind of highlighted like yeah we couldn't really do do our stuff on the proper main roster, but two hundred five live we were able to just have fun. Mm. So it's like, okay. But then again, it's like WWE didn't really care much about that show anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the final thing we will touch on today before we wrap up, Ian, is that um, WWE is coming back to the UK. Yeah. It's doing four shows in September. There's four dates. Tickets are on sale now. Mm-hmm. If you want to get tickets to the London show, London show people, they're, they're really flipping expensive. If you want to be anywhere, not in the upper tier of the gods. Yeah. 90 um, quid for a floor seat. Yeah, I think um, I think actually this is the rearranged tour dates from May 2020. Yeah, or the WrestleMania Revenge. But tour. but either way, no, I think the thing that is significant to me is well, from my perspective, is obviously they're they're coming in September. Mm. I genuinely thought they're not going back until next year. They usually do I, about November. And usually, there's usually like a Survivor Series theme yeah. thing. I seem to call, but yeah, it's just, it's... there was just an element where I just thought. They probably want to just get things going in America again. 
Yeah. And we'll probably just focus domestically, especially because technically at the moment, I'm pretty sure that travel between the US and the UK is not easy. Yeah. Like there's lots of things. And you have potential quarantining malarkey as well. It's like there's obviously come September, hopefully things will still be a lot better. And, Mm. you know, here's hoping, but, you know, don't count your chickens before they hatch. But um, but either way, like from my point of view, I think it's great to see that that's a sign things, you know, are happening. Personally, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be near that many humans. Yeah, I, I it's too soon for me to be in a in an arena with like ten to sixteen thousand people. Yeah, quite I think, frankly, I've been living like a hermit for a year. You know, I need to ease yeah. my way back into social situations. Yeah, I mean, we've had we've had this sort of uh, sort of apprehension, I guess, with with conventions and that, especially big shows like MCM and stuff like that. Um, I think it's I think it's a kind of see how the next couple of months go. Really, I mean, yeah, vaccination program in the UK has been going good i mean it's like i've had my first injection i believe you've probably had your first injection. i've had one i've got the second one coming up i was gonna say next month but we're in july now so sometime yeah. this month okay so yeah i've got mine the start of august and so forth so it'll mm. be it, so vaccinations are going quite well i think it's just seeing how how the cases happen ha- unfold over the mm. next couple of months really and it's going to probably define how people engage with people in a, in a sense it's it's yeah it's like it's it's oh it's it's still okay to have that anxiety about crowds and about obviously uh of covid and stuff like that so i i it's like if people wanted to stay at home and and be safe that's absolutely fine and they should not feel ashamed or 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 feel like they'll be uh persecuted for that sort of stuff it's it it, it is what it is and it's like People need to feel safe, and that's the, and that's the only way people will eventually go back to events is when people are safe. Yeah. So there we go. I think that's going to wrap up this edition of the Bunker Mania, mm-hmm. as it were. Thank you very much if you have been watching and or listening to this episode. But before we go, Mr. Ian, I'm going to let you do a few plugs because people can get hold of us and reach out to us and indulge in lots of Bunkers that are related content. So why don't you give them the lowdown? on what they can indulge in on a weekly basis and how they can also find more. Yes. If you would like to get in touch with us to talk about any of the stuff we've talked about in the show today, uh, do drop us an email over at contactedbunkerzilla.co.uk. We also stream regularly on Twitch every week, Mondays, Tuesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays over at twitch.tv slash UK. There's watch-alongs, let's plays, and the occasional geeky discussion. So do pop along and join us there. Um, also, we do reviews. We also do articles over at bungzilla.co.uk. And that's where you can also find other great podcasts like Real History UK, Hustlers of Culture, Binges and Box Sets, all that sort of stuff. And um, and yes, and of course, there's always the patron shout-outs. And a big, big thank you to our Golden Monster tier supporters, Harriet, aka Manga Girl, and Loco is great. Thank you so much for your ongoing support on the Golden Monster tier. Now, a patron membership at patreon.com slash bunks of the UK gives you early access to shows like this one, like Bunker Mania, like Film Raw, you get them early before general release and you can support us for as little as £1.50. So patreon.com slash bunkers of the UK is the place to go. And uh, yes, as always, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Bunkers of the UK. It's the magic word. It's the magic word that will help you find us monsters of cultures everywhere. 
With that being said, everybody, from him, Mr. Ian Bolton, from myself, Jeremy Graves, you've been listening to Bunker Mania. We'll be back again with another episode very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Do let us know if you have any comments, thoughts, or feelings on what we have said today, if you want, or if we've done anything wrong, as it were. Feel free to correct us, because I'd love to hear from you, quite frankly. And let me know if I've done something wrong. And if you yes. enjoyed, if you enjoyed the Name That Pay-Per-View game, let us know. We might do something similar in the future. Thank you very much for checking us out today, and have a great rest of your day, afternoon, evening, morning, night, whenever, whoever, whenever you are listening to this. Thanks. Bye-bye. Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk. Ooh.